Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess will be here in a minute. Uh, we have a special interview. My goodness, what a great title of a book, folks. How the Church Makes You Healthier and Happier. I love it. By Patrick D. Chrisom. He's going to be coming on the air, and we're going to have a great show for you today. I also want to mention that today's Wednesday, so Church Militant will be with us, Joe Gallagher. And I love the story he's going to be covering. California bishops call on Catholics. That's us! To fight Governor Newsom's abortion firewall. Wow! And they're also going to talk about what we actually witnessed here in Los Angeles. Uh, the violence that went on with a pro-abortion march in Los Angeles where police were hurt. It's just typical of people who, I mean, if you can kill babies, why, why, why not do violence in, in doing it? I mean, and other types of violence. I mean, ultimately, killing a baby is, is, is the ultimate you know, thing you can do for that group. All right, and then Jess, I think, is having some difficulties coming on right now, so we'll get him. But uh, I also want to mention, this just blew me away. Elizabeth Warren, a Democrat, demands criminal investigation of extreme pro-life Supreme Court justices. They're really uh, upset about what that leak took out on regarding the defending of unborn babies. But before we get to all of that, what I want to do is get some soul food. And when Jesse's not here, I'm going to go ahead and read it. Uh, and then we'll take a Fulton Sheen quote of the day. Today, remember I mentioned earlier in the week to read the entire Gospel of John? Well, please do, because uh, one of my um, favorite parts of the Gospel of John is the discourse on the bread of life. And here it comes. It's John chapter 6, verse 35 to 40. Jesus said to the crowds, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. But I told you that although you have seen me, you do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and I will not reject anyone who comes to me, because I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of one who sent me. And here comes, this is the will of the one who sent me, that I shall not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him up on the last day. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Lord, you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. All right. I hear somebody. Is that Jess here? Jess? Yeah, Terry. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm on the phone. My comrex is uh, no problem, the matter buddy. here, I guess. No problem. Jess, I guess I, the enemy doesn't want me to get on. Now, I tell her, hey, you know what we do, Jess? Go over the fence, around the fence, under the fence. We do what is necessary. Jess, I just read uh, the gospel. I want your commentary, please. Yeah, Terry. Uh, w one of the things that – well, this is the, the – the, preamble to, yeah. the, the, to the great Eucharistic discourse that's going to come in from verses 53 and following. But there's a whole lot here uh, of this preamble to the bread of life discourse. For yeah. the first, you know, in, in, the, in the first half of it here, we have our Lord. He's inviting us to have faith. Yeah. First of all, he's inviting us to have faith. And in verse 37, he says something key in today's gospel. He says, all that the Father gives me will come to me and him who comes to me, I will not cast out. 
that alludes to the mystery of predestination mm -hmm. and predestination as we Catholics understand it, which is human free will right. plus God's grace. So, so we do have an understanding of predestination, not like Calvin does, which is the wills in bondage uh, that God totally directs everything. Your will has no, no say in anything. Mm -hmm. We have a, a limited view of predestination, God's grace in our human will. And it's in verse 37. Also in verse 38, that jumps out at me as well, where our Lord says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Notice, uh, we're talking here about the human will of Jesus and the divine will of the Father are in such perfect harmony yep. that there is never any tension or competition between them. Uh, and so that shows us that we're supposed to, as followers of Christ, align our will with God the Father's will as well. Uh, the last thing I'll say about today's uh, passage is the promise again that I should raise it up on the last day. The fact is, Jesus Christ did not just die for our soul, he died for our body as well. So when we die, our soul will be taken into the presence of God for the particular judgment. But at the second coming of Christ, at the end of time, our bodies will be raised as well, because Jesus also died to raise our bodies. Some people's bodies will be raised to uh, everlasting life. Some people's bodies will be raised to everlasting damnation. Well said, Jess. Well said. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And we don't have a whistle today, but that's all right. The train's running late, but we'll get it. Uh, I also just want to say that he's got a special guest. It's Pope Benedict XVI Emeritus. And, hey, there's full Sheen ahead. I knew that whistle would come. What is Benedict and, Pope and, and Bishop Sheen talking about? Hey, you know what they're talking about? The Supreme Court. Yeah, if they were here, they'd be defending life. And here's what Pope Benedict said. Every child who is born brings us God's smile and invites us to recognize that life is his gift, a gift to be welcomed with love and preserved with care always and at every moment. Well, Jesse, I brought this up today because of all the fallout that's taking place. We talked about this yesterday with the Roe versus Wade decision that leaked out. It hasn't been decided for sure, but it's a leaked paper that says that they're going to vote for the end of killing unborn babies. What a great idea. And Jess, just because we have a couple minutes here, I want your take because yeah. this article about Elizabeth Warren happens to be a Democrat. She's demanding criminal investigation of the extreme pro-life Supreme Court justices. She says, I am angry, angry and upset, and I'm determined. She's not angry about the leak, Jess. She's angry that Supreme Court justices would have uh, reached this decision. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, yeah, the Supreme Court, they haven't voted yet. The, the vote is going to come in, two, in, in, in June. June yeah. This is just a, yeah, this is just a draft opinion, mm -hmm. which shows you the direction of the court. It's probably going to be like five to four. Yeah. It, we're barely going to win this uh, in June. Again, it, it still hasn't been voted on. Right. It's just a draft. It was written by, allegedly, by Justice Samuel Alito, 
one of the best justices on the court. Yeah. He definitely, if you, when you read the draft, he wants to overturn uh, Roe versus Wade and Casey also, the Casey yeah. decision. That's right. Uh, so the, the document is just, it's a first draft. It, it's the proposed majority opinion. But again, this is why the left is trying to gin up violence and intimidation. Oh, yeah, we had that in L.A. Destruction. Yeah. They want to. They want to ultimately intimidate the justices, so they changed their ruling in June. You also have Terry. You also got big companies like Amazon and others. They're they're offering their employees four thousand dollars a year to travel to states that include abortions. You have Citigroup. You have Apple, Levi's, Yelp. These are big uh, employees that uh, employers. Yes that will pay employees uh, to go to states to go have an abortion. The, the Supreme Court decision that, uh, that is still pending in June, apparently they're saying that it was leaked by, uh, probably it was leaked by a uh, law clerk. They're saying he's an Indian, he's a Hindu. I've seen several reports last night from several newscasts. Yes. And this law clerk works for Justice Sotomayor. Yep, no surprise. Justice Sotomayor, an apostate Catholic, yep. is the most, she's the most outspoken against Roe versus Wade. So I don't know, Terry, it doesn't surprise me no, it doesn't. that one of her staff would leak this to the press to start another, what they want to start is another George Floyd movement. Yep. That's what they want to start. Sure. Fires, riots, intimidation, well, destruction to intimidate. That's exactly, this is another George Floyd movement, Terry. Well, Jess, on one more point about the lines are being drawn clearly between Democrat and Republican. Uh, Senator Warren said that I'm angry because we've reached a uh, culmination of where Republicans have been fighting for angling for decades now, and we're going to go fight back. So basically, anybody who doesn't realize if you're a Democrat, you're for killing unborn babies, they better now figure that one out. And if you're a Republican, you defend life. And so I can't make it any clearer. It's uh, you know very simple to me that uh, if you vote as a Democrat, you're voting to kill unborn babies. And I'll say it one more time. You can't be a true Catholic and a Democrat that's now people get mad every time I say it, Jess. But you know what? They can't you can take... be a fake Catholic and a de- there you go, there you go, fake Catholic. Yeah, fake Catholic. Yep. Hey, yeah. Jess, we're gonna come back. Terry, also yeah. something something important also just is that this is gonna go back to the states. That's right. It's not no every state gonna decide on the state by state cases. That's it, right. It's not the abolition no, of Roe versus Wade no. entirely. No. All they're gonna do is say it's not a federal issue. It goes back to the states. And that's why, you know, we're later in the show, we're going to talk about the bishops, thanks be to God, in California wanting to fight Governor Newsom because he wants to have our tax dollars pay for people outside the state to come in to kill their own unborn babies. When we come back, wow, we're going to have a great interview on a book called How the Church Makes You Healthier and Happier with Patrick D. Grissom, his book, and much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I see my brother Jesse 
Patrick, my name's Terry Barber. We haven't met, but God bless you. I love the title of your book, How the Church Makes You Healthier and Happier. I always start off by saying we're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd all be billionaires because we know Jesus Christ and his church. So, Patrick, welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. I can't hear him right now, Mr. Engineer. Try it again, Patrick. Okay, it's on your side. See what? Maybe you got yourself muted. Jesse, are you on uh, the Skype now? Yeah. Oh, go ahead, brother. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the phone. I can see Patrick, but we can't hear him. We can't hear no, him. I can't hear him. I can't hear him either. So, Patrick, before we get you back on here, they're working those things I'll out. Introduce- oh, go ahead, Jesse. Yeah, yeah pa- Patrick's a senior fellow at the Catholic Apologetics Institute of North America. He's trying to play with his... Uh, go ahead and talk, Pat, whenever you have a chance. Yeah, as soon as you get your... I'm uh, muted. He's also... Yeah, as soon as you get unmuted, go ahead and talk. Uh, let, let's see. He's a, a former columnist for uh, 1 Peter 5, American Thinker. Oh, great. Uh, the Christian Science Monitor, Institute for Family Studies. Uh, he's got a BN and MA. He lives out there in Arlington, Virginia. He's, uh, and he's written a great book. I mean, this book is so timely because so many people right now are, are feeling beat up, are feeling uh, you know despondent. <laughs> so Patrick's done a great job for the church. Patrick. Uh, can you hear us? Patrick, can you hear us? No, he, he, we, can we can't hear him. He can hear us. So our engineer says it's something on his side. So maybe uh, they can figure this out. Jess, let me just uh, mention they can, make it even. They can have him call in. They can help yeah, why don't you do that, Patrick? If you can just call yeah. 888-526-2151. I really want to get this interview. Give him the number again. Yeah, give, him the, give him the number again. 888-526-2151. 888-526-2151. Jess, this book, uh, I mean, the publisher, do we have? Well, we'll ask him, but people need to get this book because this is a perfect time for a, a book like this to yeah. show people the beauty and really the uh, power that the church has. Okay, Patrick, are you there? Yes, I am. I like your perseverance, brother. Oh, we can hear you fine. <laughs> God love you. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we finally connected. Oh, yeah, we don't give up, Patrick, yeah. here. <laughs> Never give up. Okay, my brother. Jess, yeah, go ahead. I agree. All right. Patrick, this this book is a perfect book after two years of of getting locked down in our house because with the scandemic and pandemic. Uh what a timely book. Give us let's just get right into it. What are some of the physical benefits of going to church? Some people say, Come on, there's no exercise there. There's no <laughs> you know there's no weights or nautilus equipment. How can I get any physical benefits of going to church? What say you, Patrick? Well, that was my first reaction when I, when I when I first heard about any kind of physical benefits. I mean, you're just sitting down in church. It's kind of a sedentary activity. Whereas you know, Sunday morning, you get out, you know, walking, going for a walk, going for a run, uh, you know, doing all kinds of healthy, healthy things. So how how in the heck could church actually help you physically? Well, it turns out that literally thousands of studies studies have have determined that people who go to church are healthier. They live longer, and uh, they uh, they have fewer diseases, uh, better hearts, a um, uh, better heart, heart heart healthier. They're uh, they have less diabetes, uh, less cancer, less arthritis, asthma, emphysema, uh, and uh, and and it was was really surprising to me that a, a, a very rigorous study that was highly respected in this in the community mm-hmm. that follows this 
came out in 1999, uh, finding that regular churchgoers, people who go to church uh, at least once a week, live an average of six years longer than non-churchgoers. Wow. And that's, 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 that's a 20-year-old. Say a 20-year-old goes to church for the rest of his life, that 20-year-old that would le- live six years longer than a non-churchgoer, and a daily churchgoer or more than once a week churchgoer would live, live seven years longer. And for African Americans, the difference is 14 years. Wow. It's uh, something like 80, uh, 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 average lifespan of something like um, you know, 83 versus 67. Wow. For, uh, so it's pretty, pretty amazing. The physical benefits are pretty amazing. So, All right, Patrick. So, uh, well, we're talking, yeah, well, this, this is science, not faith. Yeah, you know, and, and Patrick, we, no, got, go we got some questions. There also, what about the mental mm-hmm. health benefits? Because right now, lots of people are all stressed out. What does church do for them mentally? Now, uh, this, those benefits are amazing, too. And those are po- possibly a little easier to, to understand than the physical benefits to let, make a yeah. little more logical sense because church brings you peace and things and uh, God and uh, under, uh, undertaking religious activities is very, you know, peaceful and uh, heartwarming activity. But, uh, uh, okay, scientists have found that on the mental health side, uh, uh, churchgoers are less likely to have depression, anxiety, uh, commit suicide. They're also less prone to alcohol and drug abuse, uh, less um, uh, happier marriages, uh, and so the list you know, goes on and on. Wow. And these, by the way, these are averages. Yep. These are averages. I'm not saying that you know you're guaranteed to have all these benefits when you go to church versus not. Right. Just like just like a you know a jogger or a, a health nut won't necessarily live longer than a couch potato, but on average they will. <laughs> yeah. It. Patrick, what about uh, people, a lot of people weren't going to church for the last two years. Uh, there was a, a rise in, uh, in, in, in vice and sin and actual suicide and mental illness. Uh, is there some benefit to going to church in relation to mental health? Uh, definitely, uh, especially uh, during the pandemic. They found that there was, there was a survey, I believe it was the Pew Research. Pew Research uh, did a survey uh, finding that uh, they, they they asked all they asked people uh, uh, whether they have they, they do a yearly survey about comes out every November or so asking people uh, if they're very happy or extremely happy and um, in practically almost all demographics whether it be you know, old young uh, black white Hispanic uh, you know Republican Democrat almost all demographics across the board uh, happiness. Those who said their overall happiness or their, you know, those who said they were very happy went down substantially, about 10 percentage points on average mm-hmm. for most demographics, except just one group, weekly churchgoers. Their <laughs> average happiness went up, went up four percentage points. I love it. This book is for yeah. your, your husband that says, ah, oh, honey, I don't need to go to church. You go. <laughs> this might be the hook for them. Patrick, what about right. other worldly benefits? In other words, not just worldly, but what about marriages? What about kids and you know their education? Does it affect that? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, they found that uh, married people live longer. I see they they have longer marriages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, good. They, they're, they're married to a, a greater extent, and they're they're not only married to a greater extent, but when they do get married, they have uh, they have happier marriages, less divorce. Good. Uh, they. Uh, 
in the in the educational dom domain, their kids, their kids are generally better adjusted. They get better grades in school. They have higher educational attainment. Awesome. Uh, mm. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, it used to be several decades ago that that churchgoers had less average overall education than non-churchgoers. But starting from people born around 1960, mm -hmm. churchgoers on average have a greater uh, educational attainment. They have more years of schooling, more years of college than non-churchgoers. So there's the educational. There's uh, in terms of they have uh, kids, kids and adults have less delinquency and criminal activity on average. Um, there's um, higher incomes. Higher income is another benefit. I mean, you shouldn't go to church to a degree. Actually, I should should I should emphasize you shouldn't be going to church just to get these worldly benefits. You should right. be going to church to uh, be close closer to God. But right. on average, churchgoers have higher incomes. Uh, they engage in volunteerism to a greater extent, and they found the scientific studies that found that they're nicer overall, greater level of agreeableness, Makes sense. just being nice, like helping a stranger, sure. you know, helping an old lady cross the street or helping a, you know, a, an elderly neighbor, you know, mow the grass or whatnot, uh, giving up your seat to a stranger, just they found that that's pretty, pretty amazing that churchgoers um, have these characteristics. Great. Patrick, so. how can it be that uh, going to church, I mean, it seems to be more, more of a sedentary activity. How can that actually mm -hmm. improve physical health? Well, turns out that churchgoers overall have, have healthier habits than non-churchgoers. Uh, they're more likely to see the doctor, they're more, less likely to smoke, uh, more likely to get exercise. Uh, they're, uh, uh, when they're at church, they have greater, they have, they're more likely to have interactions, more social interaction with other people. Science, scientists have found that the greater your social interaction, the healthier you are, the healthier you are, mm -hmm. and that and with regard to the whole COVID lockdown pandemic, that I think that uh, that was a negative in that re regard. Uh, and just uh, greater churchgoers are more uh, prone to engage in volunteerism, and they found that volunteering actually improves your health for various reasons. Uh, so uh, greater greater sense of meaning and purpose, greater sense of hope and optimism, and not last but now. Now, this other, and I do want to mention something else that doesn't come up in the scientific studies because so many of the uh, scholars that do the scientific studies are atheists and agnostics. They, ne they would never admit that uh, supernatural has anything to do with this, but just greater graces from God. Obviously, if you go to church, if you pray, God, I think, is going to reward you with, with, uh, with graces. So just from those direct graces from God, from God, I think your health is going to be better. Got it. Patrick, your book is called How the Church Makes You healthier and happier how can people get your book uh amazon you just go to amazon.com and just type in uh, holy health the the uh, the uh, the main title is called holy health and the subtitle is how church makes you healthier and happier patrick who's coming up with all these uh findings that church improves health where's all this coming from well you'd think maybe somebody not familiar with it might think it's coming from you know small evangelical colleges in the middle of say Tennessee or whatnot, but no, these are actually coming from the big the top universities in the world Got it. you know so many you know the Harvards, the Yales, the Stanfords, so many you know top universities mm 
the uh, the foremost reach researcher in this field, Harold Koenig, he's from Duke University. Yeah, the uh, another foremost researcher is Tyler Vanderwills from from Harvard University. So uh, power, these these top universities, these are being carried about by psychologists, sociologists, physicians, uh, bio uh, biomedical scientists, nurses, even economists, uh, and uh, so. Uh, and it's kind of ironic. These a lot of these these researchers don't even have faith. They're atheist agnostics. Hey, but they just they pursue the truth. So uh, and they they go where the truth takes them. And not, there just haven't been just been a handful of studies. There have been literally thousands of studies, six thousand studies at the last count since probably about the late nineteen eighties have come out uh, finding that uh, church. Um, results in all these uh, worldly benefits. By the way, not all studies, but the vast majority of the studies have found that. Patrick, hang on. We got the music coming on. We come back. We got some more questions about your book, How the Church Makes You Healthier and Happier. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us. Again, this could be a book that could help bring a loved one back to church, and that's why we're doing this. We'll be back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. You folks, uh, earlier in the show, I just want to make a, a, a decision we made earlier this week. Um, we are no longer going to participate with Amazon because of what they're doing with the pro-life side funding killing unborn babies. So we were getting donations from Amazon Smile. No more. They're done. Uh, money is not going to talk for us. We're going to terminate that. So I wanted to make that public right on the air. If you don't like it, too bad. We're not going to fund those people anymore. Hey, we've got uh, Patrick uh, Shushum. He's here with his book, How the Church Makes You Healthier and Happier. You've made me already want to sign up, even if I wasn't a Christian. The benefits are so much into this world, but also out of this world. <laughs> Uh, Jess, let's continue with some more questions. Yeah, does uh, Patrick, so what about those uh, lukewarm Catholics? I don't know, that, you know, those uh, that go to church on occasion, maybe say like once a month, <laughs> would they have some benefits, some health benefits as well? Results in that are mixed. I've seen studies saying that people who go, say, once a month uh, are a little better off in uh, – in some respects, not nearly as better off as as good off as well off as, as those who go to church uh, once a week. But on the other hand, I've seen other studies saying that luke, lukewarm Christians often are less healthy than atheists and agnostics or people who never go to church. Uh, so uh, it's not does not behoove one just to go to church occasionally. Uh, it's much better to go to go once a week or more. They found that the, you go once a once a week is good. Uh, more than once a week is uh, even better, and daily is best. Found out daily mass. So so uh, if and it's and it's just going. It's not and it's not is going. It's actually going to church as opposed to just being religious. You can consider yourself religious but not go to church. They found that it's the church going really that counts, and not so much just. You know, worshiping or at home on your own. 
So, Patrick, just a curious question. Mm-hmm. We talk about just showing up like a car in a driveway. They say that doesn't make you a Christian just because you show up. But it sounds like these benefits are still positive even when you just show up for Sunday Mass. But what about those mm-hmm. folks who are devout and meaning they actually believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, which is only about maybe 20% of Catholics. Those who go to mm-hmm. confession receive the graces of the sacraments. Have we had any kind of results on very devout Catholics and what that affects their physical mm-hmm. and mental health? Uh, yes, they found out that a study is found that what goes, it goes back as far as 1967. Mm-hmm. Studies have found out that very devout Catholics, devout Christians, mm-hmm are healthier both mentally and physically mm-hmm. than uh, than just lukewarm or even those who go to church once a week but their heart isn't into it right. the, the scholars have a fancy term for that they call them intrinsically religious people uh, who's you know their very being is you know is for god uh versus e- extrinsically religious people who go to church for other reasons maybe to you know because their spouse goes to church sure. or because they want to make friends or they want you know listen to good music thing so they have found that uh, devout not only about christians okay christians overall actually not just christians but all religions but christians overall they're 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 healthier if their heart is really into it but they found that catholics devout catholics are even healthier uh, on average, and both mentally and physically, than Protestants, mm-hmm. and much of that has to do with the therapeutic benefits of, con- of confession. You know, Amen. scholars have found out there, there are you know that's the, like it's like a mini mini psychotherapy mm-hmm. session for free, basically. That's what there confession is all about. <laughs> the Eucharist, you're getting actually God's God God yeah, body. You well. you're consuming that, and uh, the, the confession. There's Eucharistic Eucharistic adoration. Right. Uh, they the less suicide among Catholics because you know Catholics believe that suicide is a mortal sin, and if you commit that sin, there's no possibility of confessing it. So, it, you know, good chance you can go to hell. Uh, so, uh, and that's not necessarily the case in Protestantism. They don't necessarily believe you go to hell if you uh, if you uh, commit suicide. So that's one reason why the suicide rate overall among Catholics, uh, church-going Catholics, is lower than church-going Protestants. Got it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Patrick, what, what about those people that say I'm spiritual but not religious? <laughs> Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe they they may have a strong faith in Jesus Christ, but they don't go to church. Is there a mm-hmm. difference in the physical and mental health benefits versus the I'm just spiritual but not religious crowd? Yeah. They have. They've definitely found a big uh, difference in the spiritually not but not religious versus church going people. It's not it's not enough just to you know to read the gospel or pray to God, you um, also should go to church. Actually, you know, somebody could consider themselves very religious but not go to church, but actually <laughs> I think that, that I think that they aren't that religious. They might not, they're not as religious as they think they are because going to church is an essential, essential activity of uh, the Catholic church of, of even of, you know, of Protestants too. So, uh, uh, often spiritually but not religious might even have higher, a uh, greater amount of mental health problems than non, uh, than uh, than regular church-going people. Um, one reason could be that uh, the mental illness comes first, and you know they were agnostic or atheist before, so but they want to search for meaning to help deal with their mental problems. So they they start you know uh, dabbling in religion, whether it be New Age or 
or Christianity. I definitely, I have an example in my book about a, a girl who was raised Christian. She get, got into New Age, but her her mental problems got worse. So then, but then she uh, was she was uh, drawn to, towards Christianity, and now she's doing great. Awesome. Hey, uh, Patrick, mm-hmm. you, you wrote about the four levels of happiness as described by Father Robert Spitzer of the Magnus Center for Faith and Reason. He's a former president of Gonzaga University. What are those four levels? Right. Father Spitzer, anybody who's, um, who uh, you know, is into apologetics, probably familiar with him. Sure. Uh, but the four levels are uh, level one is, uh, is level one happiness. Is level one happiness. Uh, through level four happiness, level one happiness is immediate gratification, basically uh, you know, comfort and pleasure. Basically, like eating eating good food, uh, you know, having fun, you know, uh, going to the movies, uh, uh, just the, that the, that kind of that kind of is immediate um, immediate immediate fun or immediate happiness. You know, it, a lot of people only live for level one happiness, which is um, uh, which you know might last for a little bit, but then it it's it's gone. The activity is gone, so your fun is gone. So it doesn't. It's not lasting happiness. That's level one. Level two is uh, is uh, contributive. Actually, no. Level two is uh, can't remember the name of it. But personal achievement. Uh, oh, personal achievement. Right. Yes. It's a quest for happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's quest for honor and recognition. Basically. Um, what you achieve is honor, recognition, and respect, whether it be in your in your job or wherever or not, whatnot. And that's a higher level of happiness than immediate gratification, but doesn't necessarily last because once you achieve that that coveted position or distinction, uh, you know, dissatisfaction could set in because there's always something higher to attain, you know, a higher job, a higher position, and whatnot. And and also a lot of times, say, with your job, when you move up a level whether it be in job or somewhere else, it means somebody else is not gaining that position. So somebody else has to lose. So that's, that's level two happiness. And it often, you know, some people just only live for that and it doesn't bring last lasting happiness. Level three happiness is called contributive. And that's, uh, that's a more meaningful happiness because you're actually helping other people. You're, uh, uh, you know, engaging in voluntary activities, giving a lot of your money away for charitable causes. Uh, so that's um, that's the more um, that's the more lasting happiness. But uh, the the highest level of happiness is called ultimate ultimate good, I believe, and it's um, it's <clears throat> achieving is yearning for uh, truth, goodness, love, beauty, and being. And true happiness is found, of course, through the through God, through the spiritual and transcendent. And uh, many saints have achieved levels three and four happiness without re- without ever, you know, uh, uh, dealing dealing with or, or enjoying levels one or two because you know you can be you can be um, destitute, you can be in poverty, and still achieve level three and uh, and four happiness. So those are the four. So obviously that's another reason why going to church, uh, you know, increases your happiness. Going to church and worshiping God, embracing God. Uh, increases your happiness to a much greater extent than in you know, other ways. Patrick, have you been accused by some people? They're saying, hey, Patrick, you wrote a book that smacks like the prosperity gospel. Uh, <laughs> how would you respond if they accuse you of, that you're a prosperity gospel uh, author and preacher? How would you respond as a Catholic? Uh, 
Well, uh, these worldly benefits are just an added bonus. You could go to church because you really want to go to church, really want to worship God, and uh, and any any uh, health uh, benefits that come with it, any you know, world, any, any educational benefits, uh, business benefits, uh, mental health benefits is just an added bonus. And and, and the, your real quest is union with God. And not only that, but you won't necessarily uh, be happier with going to church. Your your problems could change. You could have less depression, less anxiety, and whatnot. But on the other hand, now you have to get up early in the morning, and go to church on Sundays, uh, engage in volunteer work. Maybe maybe uh, you know you like you have you you, have, you're, you feel obligated to do it, but you know you really <laughs> you're not. Uh, it's not something you want to do. It's not the first on your list. Uh, so it's you, know, you have to take up. Take up your cross and father and follow Jesus. Uh, you might you might uh, uh, undergo uh, you know cancellation, ridicule, persecute, persecution from from your friends, from your workmates, from whatnot. So there's certain types of suffering. Uh, you, you, the types of suffering is changed. Instead of anxiety and bad health, you might go through you know persecution and cancellation and uh, uh, you know just ridicule and whatnot for being a devout Christian. Well, Patrick, I want to thank you for joining us. Your book's called How Church Makes You Healthier and Happier. There's it. There it is. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Hey, when we come back. What a relevant book. Yeah, you got it. Absolutely relevant Exactly. So important. Thanks so much. Joe Gallagher is going to join us from Church Militant. We're going to get some good news about California bishops calling on Catholics to fight, to fight Governor Newsom here in California regarding the abortion law. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. When you do live radio, folks, you never know what's going to happen. And for those, yeah, you got to improvise. You think? Hey, Jess, Church Militant was not able to connect with us right now. We're having difficulties right here. More technical difficulties. So they can jump in at any moment, but uh, I really like their news report tonight about the California bishops, man, calling on Catholics to fight Governor Newsom's abortion firewall. What is all that about? I hope they can come on because I know what it's about, and I'm really happy to hear our bishops saying, look, um, you know, I mean, Jess, I'm I'm a registered citizen of California, (laughs) and I paid taxes to the state, and those tax dollars are going to go with this new with this governor to pay for people to come into California and kill their babies, and the bishops are saying yeah, that's enough. Yeah, here's what's going to happen, Terry. Tell me, bro. Uh, the, the The United States is uh, we can end up calling it the divided states because the red states are going to get dark red, the blue states are going to get dark blue. Right. The issue that's going to divide the country. The diabolical issue that will divide this country is abortion, baby murder, sacrificing babies to the demon god Moloch. And the battle lines are drawn, Terry. Leftists, progressive Democrats, uh, they are pro-abortion, pro-baby killing. You're not going to change them. It's going to take an act of Almighty God to appear in their very presence for them to change. The other, Our side, we are pro-life because our God is pro-life. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. 
And that's, this is an issue that's not negotiable for us as well. And so the, the battle lines are very clear. What will end up happening, I believe, is you're going to have many conservatives, probably younger conservatives, not so much older conservatives like yourself. You're already established. There's not, there's not much they can do to you. But younger conservatives with young families, they're going to pack up their stuff and, and, uh, and move out of blue states and move into friendlier states, move into red states. You're probably going to find hardcore embedded liberals in red states like Arizona, Texas, Florida. They're going to be so upset, they're going to move to blue states just in solidarity. Uh, and so th- this, this, this country is going to be more divided than ever over an issue, Terry, that it, this is an issue that should divide us. It's like slavery. I mean, that was a clear-cut issue. Some people say you can own blacks. Some of us said, no. This issue is one of those issues. It's a non-negotiable issue. Come what may, I mean, uh, uh, but I'm, I, I just hope more and more bishops become more vocal. That's what we need. We need the bishops to sound the, 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 Navy, uh, the Navy cannons thunderously, Terry. Go ahead and put my mic back on. Joe Gallagher, welcome to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful. Okay, now we don't have his audio. This has been a day of challenges. Let's see if we can fix that, Mr. Yeah. Engineer. Joe Gallagher's here. He's talking about the, the uh, church militant news that comes on every day. Hold up on the phone. Have him yeah, Joe, on the phone. maybe that's the best thing we can do at this point. Are we okay, Mr. Engineer, just to have him call 888-526-2151. That's 888-526-2151. Five two six two one five one because we want to get your plug in for what you guys are doing on the newscast. Yeah, they're all over this area. Church militants is doing. Uh, they're doing. Uh, I mean, they're just uh, breaking news on this topic. Once again, the Supreme Court rules against it in June definitively. Right. This is going to take the issue of abortion back to the states. So every state will decide on a state by state basis. This is why the Catholic Church has always said. All elections are won on the micro level. We've got to think micro. In other words, the principle of subsidiarity, yep. we've got to make sure that we're voting the right people into offices locally because local politics affects national politics. Absolutely. And when you use that word subsidiarity, let's define that, that it's being done at the local level. That's what the church has encouraged people, and that's why the bigger the government, the smaller the citizen. Yeah, the okay, church. Joe, the- you're on the phone. Good. Joe, God bless you. I like your perseverance. How are you doing? I'm going to blow this microphone out of here. That's all right, Joe. We're blessed by the best, brother. Let's talk about what you guys are doing tonight on the news. Absolutely. So we've got uh, three big stories, and it ties in exactly with what Jesse was just mm-hmm. talking about. You know, we need bishops to fight. You know, the first one that we're talking about is California bishops, the Catholic, Catholic governor, fake Catholic governor, Amen. Gavin Newsom. Uh, to you know, not only stop his firewall, but for Catholics and Californians to fight against it. Yes. Newsom comes out and says that you know, should Roe v. Wade be overturned, they're going to set up a firewall. Yep. And wow. it's uh, yep. Can they hear me? Yes, we okay. can. Joe, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, what does that actually mean for us listeners right now? Tell us what is yeah. that going to be funding abortions from outside the state? They're going to ask people to come to California and pay for those abortions. Yeah, what does that mean? So it it would codify uh, abortion into the uh, California Constitution. It would be a constitutional amendment. Unbelievable. 
Yes, it's disgusting, actually. And, you know, this is something that we've actually fought. So I oversee Church Militants Resistance Program, which is our activist program for CM. And this is something that we fought in Baltimore, which in a lot of ways is the California of the East. They tried to codify abortion uh, in their constitution just recently at the close of the uh, last legislative session, Mm -hmm. where uh, with House Bill 1171, it was actually cross-filed so they could ram it through. And it would have gone to a vote in November for the uh, general election. And when that happens, what you see is a proposed amendment that is written by the left, these evil guys, and they completely twist and distort yes. the uh, they completely twist and distort the language. So for Maryland, for example, what would have gone onto the ballot for a constitutional amendment was protecting reproductive rights. They never even used the term terminate pregnancy, they obviously would never have touched the term abortion. So you can bet that you would see the same exact thing coming down the pike in California. Yeah. Good. Je- go ahead, Jess. Yeah, what's, uh, what, what's going on? Uh, well, Terry, you probably would know. Was there some... Uh, yeah, that, well, what happened we, here in Los Angeles? Yeah, about 20 miles just west of me, Joe, that's where all that activity went on. Can you share with what took place regarding the pro-supposedly abortion march and uh, lots of violence went on. Can you tell us a little bit about that in tonight's news? Yeah. It's simply, there's pro-abortion march going on in Los Angeles. We'll have much more to talk about that tonight. Yeah. And uh, far-left rioters in Antifa brought violence. Yeah. Who would have thought? Surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, give me a <laughs> yeah. break. And Joe, just it's, it's more of the same. Yeah, and Joe, because we only have a couple minutes, I want to get your third story and then tell how people can connect with Church Militant. Of course, we have Bishop Strickland and Archbishop Cordiglione calling out in support of the overturn of Roe v. Wade and over on their Twitter accounts, and hoping to see the protection of the unborn. Although, frankly, it'd be nice to see a little bit more, especially with Nancy Pelosi being under the jurisdiction of Archbishop Cordiglione. But you know what? Uh, credit where credit is due. And of course, Church Militants, we are live on evening news every weeknight at 7 p.m. Eastern, churchmilitant.com. You can catch us there. And of course, any listeners wanting to get into the fight, we do have our activist arm, Resistance. You can go to cmresistance.com or simply go to churchmilitant.com, click the Resistance tab, sign up, we'll get you connected and in the fight on the ground where it matters. Joe, you're a good man. Joe, Keep ask, fighting. Let, fight, let me brother. ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Is there any evidence or, or that the leaker was uh, one of the court clerks for Justice Sotomayor? Is, is, have you guys come across any of that information? So we did talk about that yesterday on last night's uh, broadcast a little bit. We had Christine Niles on. She was awesome. And I believe the gentleman's name is uh, Jait, if I, if I remember correctly, uh, mm-hmm. a, Hindu, a Hindu law clerk. Yeah. And uh, what's interesting with that, you know, there's no smoking gun or anything, but he gave comment to a Politico author regarding sometimes you have to uh, you have to break the rules when you need to. Well, the author he spoke to, the journalist he spoke to when giving those comments a few weeks back, is the same exact journalist that reported the leak two days ago. Wow! So you're starting to see some of these connections, and the questions being raised: Is he the guy? I mean, Sherlock Holmes. It's the person, the most obvious culprit, is the one who has the most to gain. So that's another question. I think that. Whoever the culprit is, the first record that needs to be looked at is their bank account. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Follow the money, Joe. Yeah, yeah some, something money. interesting, Joe and Terry, is that is that uh, ju- apparently this law clerk works for Sotomayor, the yes. Catholic, yep. and she was the most she was the most vocal oh, big against, time. Yeah. Uh, against mm-hmm. the conservative That's justices. Right. 
And she, yeah, and so it doesn't surprise me that it was from her office that this was leaked. I think you're on to something there, Jess. And as I mentioned, Joe, earlier in the show, Elizabeth Warren is demanding criminal investigations of the extreme pro-life Supreme Court <laughs> justices. Is this microphone on? Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. This is you what, some of, you, I was just going to say, did you see the, uh, the video that has gone uh, pretty viral? Yeah. Uh, people chanting at her, you want to dismember children. She was like seething. It's almost this type of uh, possession yes, going on yes, with some of these yes, leftist politicians. I, I, How can you be that yes, angry that yeah. you can't murder children? I agree with you, Joe. There, there's This is really the battle. I'm going to say this right on the air, and I can get in trouble for it, but I've been in trouble before, and that is I, I think this could turn into our next civil war over the unborn babies because I think many of us, as pro-lifers, we don't want violence. We want justice for these babies to be born and not be murdered. But on the other side, it shows to me that they're going to use a more violence to try and get their position across. And I say no violence. I say this. We need to peacefully demand justice for the unborn for the rest of our days. And if it lasts after that, continue to fight the good fight. That's my take, Joe. You know, Terry, I don't want to yep. eat up into your guys' time. I want to be respectful of it, but I have to say, yeah, you know, that's okay. token, if somebody comes after, after uh, you know, uh, solid Catholics, you have to defend yourself. That's you know, a different, people, yeah, yeah that's, so that's not violence. You know what that is? The Catechism of the Catholic says we have a, a right to defend ourselves. Yes. Correct. But being proactive Absolutely. and burning things down, Joe, not going to happen on our no. side. No way. Yes, your and thoughts you as a in- policeman? Yeah, well, this is uh, this is, uh, the left is going to unleash their, yeah. their Hitler's brown shirts. It's called Antifa and Black Lives Matter, and so this is this is going to be the new George Floyd issue. There you go. And they they needed something because the the, the Democrats are going to get smashed so bad at the midterm. They I have hope to so. Bring up an issue to run on. Amen, Joe. Thanks for joining us here, Joe Gallagher from Church Militant. Tune in to their news, not just today, every day. Be informed. And again, look at all the resources they have on their website to help people fall deep in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Joe, God love you and your family, brother. God bless, guys. Thanks. Jesse, last statement. What state should we be living in, brother? Live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Be part of the, the, the solution. Don't be part of the problem. Be holy or die trying. And watch your back out there. Watch your stick, as they say in police work. And keep keep in mind, our lady said it, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Please offer your sacrifices today for the salvation of souls. Many people are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Join up in making those sacrifices. May God richly bless you and your family. Full sheen ahead here at Virgin Most Powerful.